The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, marketers, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns. We're being told by the marketers who built them, which is great. We've fostered a community of marketers here, and so I'm super excited to have Alex on today. I'm, I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, which is the smallest holding company of ad agencies in the world. <laughs> we have five specialized ad agencies and a full-service agency, a couple hundred employees. Joining us is Alex Krishman, who's a creative director of Alta, which is a creative direction and brand strategy consultancy the dude is is a superhero when it comes to branding and brand strategy. And uh, he spent some time on the client side, on the agency side. He's built wine companies like Prisoner. He's been involved in companies like Patagonia. Well, here's the deal. I got to be honest with you guys. We were going to discuss why Alex loved the Patagonia brand because he has a ton of experience there. But we've already talked a little bit about that. So I think we're just going to... We're going to go wild card here. So this is going to be Alex and I talking about brands and like we're around a campfire, like we're drinking the wine. We just had our wine episode yesterday. And so we're going to freestyle in this episode. But let's talk about maybe who's doing it well in brand marketing right now. Like some of the brands we see, we got Super Bowl coming up. You know, I'm in Phoenix. So all the craze is freaking Super Bowl this week. And it's a little over the top, but what brands are doing it well and who's screwing it up right now? Maybe a couple that come to mind or one that comes to mind. Who's doing it well? So Airbnb, I think, still had a great rebrand. I think that they're like one of my favorite examples of a of like a modern, especially tech rebrand. I think they did a really beautiful job. It's are they still belong anywhere? Belong anywhere, yeah. So I mean, it's it's aging a bit. I think that was like 2015 or 2016. It was, yeah, because I, I met with them when Jonathan Nindenhall was there when he came from Coke. And I'm not sure Chesky and Mendenhall really got along all that well. Yeah. And then they've had Chip Conley, who's been involved with the brand forever. So I'd love to discuss Airbnb because it's one of my favorite brands as well. I think they continually just nail it. I mean, they rarely screw something up and they take huge, huge swings in terms of the products and the content that they deliver and how they differentiate. And they swing out there very aspirationally. That's exactly it, right? And I think that's why they're still relevant to talk about as a case study for brand, even this many years later, is because they've continued to follow through, right? And this is where you get like, you know, these like real brand value in something like Coca-Cola that has these long trajectories. Why does it not change? Because there's commitment to it, right? And I think that a lot of people look at it like, well, this isn't working. It gets kind of thrashy. They keep trying new stuff. They like rewrite their mission statement or they launch new campaigns. And it just feels like when it wanders that much, you don't get anything as a creative long-term. You don't build that sort of big impression of what this company is, what does it stand for? And going from basically being like, we're cheaper than a hotel to like, we offer a completely differentiated, unique experience changed the entire company, right? Changed the offering from being focused around a value proposition 
and these sort of cheaper budget options to experiences and focus on hosts. And they have a, a Olympic consultants that host events with the former Olympians. They have people who just take you on tours. Like it reframed the offering. And I think that's the reason why there's such a great brand example is because it went so far beyond what people typically think of as brand. Yeah. And I love that that human insight that I'm sure they spent a ton of money on around the sense of wanting to belong, especially as a quote unquote, like tourist. And no one wants to feel like a tourist. And what a shitty name for people that come to your country or your town as you call them a tourist. You might as well call them a kook. Like it's kind of insane. You know, I'm a surfer. So it's like kook's like the worst thing ever. A tourist like kind of feels like the worst thing ever. And so that insight that they figured out in the travel industry around the sense of humans wanting to belong anywhere you are, I think is just, it's insane that they like, I don't know why we didn't figure that out before. So I love that we're talking about Airbnb. Let's go through another example. I think we've found the kind of the, we've broken that one down. Who else is doing it well or who else is doing it like crap? Well, I think he's doing it badly. It's not like the entire auto industry, but especially the electric auto industry, which I think is, I love cars. I mean, I'm also a surfer and I like, I, and I love like adventure vehicles and all that kind of stuff. Rivian coming out, like I love the Rivian truck, except for the most branded part of that truck is those headlights, right? These like... Kirby eyeball looking headlights that I think just polarize people away from what could be an offering that is like, takes one of the more climate impactful types of transportation and turns it into something green with a huge value proposition, right? And you look at, compare that to Alpha Motors, who I just saw show up recently, and their stuff looks like amazing, like 90s revival, awesome, like Land Rover adjacent stuff, 80s and 90s Toyota adjacent stuff that looks like the market they're trying to reach. I mean, they're creating cars with character. You look at all of the major automakers and the design language has just become squashed, right? Like all of a sudden there's this product convergence where nothing has any character left to it. That's funny, like calling out basically an entire industry. I agree with you. Tesla did it really well for a long time, I think. But yeah, I'm, my buddy, Todd Davis, who actually was on the show, he got a review on uh, the former CMO at LifeLock. And he was like so excited and I saw it and I was like, eh. The SUV looks They're new SUV looks an industry that like, I'm curious, the Super Bowl commercials this year to see if anything gets anything better, but it's just so obvious, like a lot of the creative I've seen from Ford and Chevy and really in the entire electric category, like no one's blown you away with anything in, in a long time. And then, you know, look at a company that I was really liking for a long time, Carvana just went from $360 a share to like $5. I mean, they were going to go to business. And then now we're going through high interest rates and the auto industry is just going to get crushed everywhere. So it's kind of amazing that there's not something that sticks out in that category completely of someone actually doing it well. I hate working on that category personally. I've done it in the past. I refuse. My new rule is no lawyers, no doctors, no auto. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Any other it's category, a, we're open. It's a hard one. But I mean, honestly, like that's for probably exactly the same reasons. That's my dream client. I would love to work with a car, like a, an automaker to try to do it right because I think that there's so much room to improve. And I think there's so much to be won there too, right? Like there's, there are new cool EV offerings. I think that this is a market that's going to start to turn. But I think that a lot of people took the success of the Prius and said like, this is a driving bumper sticker. And they just tried to continue that <laughs> to say like, this form factor is just about being green. And like that people want more out of a car culture than just like, you know, signal theory that like, hey, I'm doing the responsible thing. They want a more varied sort of something that speaks to their personality more. And Car, cars overall have gotten so disinteresting, but I think that like this is a, a disruptive category. There's lots of small entrants. This sort of skateboard 
application of the platform of EVs is like a huge opportunity to create design language. And this is a, like, again, like a really interesting way to think about brand that like when you think about auto, the auto industry, the brand is the product, right? There's not really like a, a lot of layer on top of that, that like we think about the, the identity or the colors or that stuff as much as we think about the product. And I think the design language behind the product, the form factors, the fundamental choices build the brand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about another category. I agree with you wholeheartedly in auto. It is amazing. There's not a standout. And I do think you're going to see a lot of individual smaller players that are going to take little bites of share at just such a small level, like almost like in the clothing industry where you have a lot more choice that represents your individuality as a, as a person. Like you don't want to wear a brand. You want something that no one else has that's really reflective of, of you as a person. So I think to your point, I think the auto category has an opportunity to have a lot of independents that have little tiny shares of the market. I've seen a ton in Phoenix, Arizona. There's four new car manufacturers in electric that are like really boutique-y. I've seen in the golf industry. So I was just at the PGA show uh, last week. I'm part of a group launching a golf company. And the brand I want to call out is G4. I think they're doing an amazing job. Their booth was just insane. Like It was just so rad how they're really thinking about the next generation of of a golf consumer. It's not like an old white guy and it needs to have a edge to it. And so I want to call it G4. I think they're doing a great job. Bad Birdie, a a company in Phoenix, Arizona, that actually I I call them to stand up. They had like 20 copycats of what they're doing at the show. You're seeing golf now trying to get more young and fun, kind of like to your point about the wine industry. And so right now G4, which is actually... This will probably be relevant to you, probably a similar age, but like remember Massimo back in our time. So Massimo actually started G4 and sold it to Peter Millar. But it's just got a vibe to it that's really unique. They're killing it. And and you go around this like PGA golf show with a bunch of old white guys and you start to see all these little boutiques everywhere because the industry is calling for it. So like what other industry that maybe you're in or you're working and you probably see it in it's as much product differentiation as it is style and brand and messaging and positioning differentiation. And I do think that like, we're going to see a lot of, we're going to see continued little boutiques get in. And then I think you'll, we'll see probably another round of consolidation depending on the industry. So G4 is mine. Let's go, let's go one more on your side. We'll just bounce it back and forth. We're going to have to do this for real around a campfire and wine now. Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm down. Sounds great. God, who else would I... Somebody who did it badly for another... You want yeah, to badly? those are the best to talk about. So yes, let's go that direction. That I formerly absolutely loved and has fallen apart, Anchor Steam. Do you see the Anchor Steam rebrand? Yes, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, you're up in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, and I love Anchor Steam because... Uh, love it. It's great. It's great that they have such a dope little uh, setup at the Giants Spring Training Stadium in Old Town Scottsdale, which is pretty close to me. Oh, cool. And it brings me back to being when I was in the Bay Area. I love the beer. But yeah, I haven't heard much from them. Why are they pooping the bed? Okay, so like such a history of the story brand, right? I mean, what the beer bottleneck? Do you? I don't know if you're familiar, but like, no, I don't know any part of the story. I just like the beer. Okay, so so craft beer started essentially with Anchor Steam. It was one of the first, I think, like Sierra Nevada Anchor Steam, and was it Sam Adams? There were like a there were a handful of these brewers that were like suddenly came in in like the seventies. Was this beer crunch where everything was Anheuser Busch? It was all just like rice adjunct lager, super boring beer. And it got down to, I think the bottleneck ended up being there were like 50 brewers in the entire country. I mean, it was something just crazy. And Fritz Maytag of like Maytag, like the you know the washing machines and stuff, he inherited this bunch of money and said like, I want to relaunch this brand that had existed formerly in, in San Francisco. And 
Angerstein was really interesting because there's no yeast. There's no natural yeast beer made anywhere outside. Like you go to Mexico, you drink Mexican lager. It's a lager yeast that came from Germany, right? All the yeast in the world came from the old world where beer was being made in, in Europe, except for Angerstein. There's one when you're a home brewer, you go and you buy Angerstein yeast because they used to brew at 55 degrees ambient temperature and they'd leave all the windows open because the fog would roll in with cool beer off. And this local sourdough, the same stuff that's in Bodine, would end up in the Kreuzen layer on top with filtered down in the beer and it changed, it changed the yeast, right? So you end up with this product that is so provenance-oriented, right? It's literally of the place. It's the only place that you have a unique beer yeast like this. So the product is something that has so much history, so much depth and like relaunched the craft beer industry, hadn't changed largely since the 70s in label or expression or anything. And then finally sells, I think maybe in the last couple of years to, was it Sapporo? I think like a large holding group. Oh yeah, Kirin, uh, maybe Kirin, maybe a Japanese company. Yeah, right, Kirin. Yeah, yeah exactly. Light and Sapporo the same, but maybe Sapporo separate. But yeah, sounds like a Japanese you know holding company bottom. Exactly. Yeah, I can't remember. It was one of the two, and they immediately rebranded. They said like, well, this needs to be like fresher. It needs to reach a younger audience, and now it's just the anchor in blue on a yellow box. And they got rid of all the illustration. They got rid of like. All the history that I reached back to 100 and just said, we're tabula rasa, we're just starting over. And this beer is now just about what it tastes like. And just like we just talked about on that the last episode, talking about the value in wine, there was so much more to buying a bottle of Anchor Steam than just the way the beer tasted. And, you know, will they be successful with that or not? Like, I mean, I don't hold high hopes, but I know that like the world just got a little less interesting <laughs> and a little piece of the story got erased where... No one's going to ask a question anymore. Like, why does this have this old old label? What's significant about it? They erased some of the value from the board. Well, and look, you can position to a younger audience, by, but still keep your history. That's cool. And so I actually did work for Akiran, helped them launch some beverage category products in the energy category, and we got crushed. <laughs> Tough company to work for. But yeah, wow. To change a label like that, that's a no-go. I'd be like be like changing like i don't know like crystals like champagne label like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that i think the, the real take home is that there are step changes to be made right like if you're trying yeah. to a different audience and if it feels like it needs a refresh there's a spectrum of step changes between where they landed and where they started that would have been more successful i think the idea that you just like we need to do this so we're just going to take the nuclear option we're going <laughs> we're going to erase it to blank slate and just make the, a brand color yellow and stick it on the on the yeah. shelf they don't remember what happened to New Coke when Coke changed Coke in the label and people revolted on their ass. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, the blowback from this, like they're seeing on the internet. Yeah, three, two, oh. one, go. I mean, the, that's there was, awesome. It was outrage, but the design has survived. So let's see. I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go one more and <laughs> I'm going to pick a wild card here. I would say who's doing it well. I have little kids and uh, I have friends with other little kids. So, I'm going to go, who's doing it well is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's they've rebranded TMT and they're freaking everywhere. Like, how are we still hearing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to this day? Like, we're not hearing about like any other 80s or 90s cartoons anymore. But like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is still relevant. These turtles are still got action figures like, like Target and they're still kicking ass. Like the fact that like, brand new kids, like three generations down is growing up with what we grew up with, like back in the nineties is kind of insane to me. So I don't know what happened or how, I know that my buddy was actually part of relaunching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. 
and actually bought the IP and brought it back from the dead. But it's still freaking going. Like, that's insane. Have you seen that, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is still relevant? My kid's three and a half, so he's, he's maybe a little bit little bit younger. But you're, you're, you're about two years away from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being back in your life, and it's right, pretty crazy. Wait. So I don't know who owns it or what, kind of a random one, but... Kudos to whoever's behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now. Because I mean, I, I, they, we still refer to like floppy pizza as, as Ninja Turtles pizza, you know? Like <laughs> slice. So Leo, Leo hasn't seen the Ninja Turtles yet. He's going to recognize it when he does. That's your son's name, Leo? Leo, Galileo, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's cool. Well, I've, we've, we've overstayed our welcome and we've gone way over. We've gone three. We've freestyled it. But uh, I think it's just fun talking brand marketing with agencies, with brands, like that's what it's all about is just having fun and, and diving into what makes things successful and more importantly, why things aren't successful. So we can talk to other people, tell them like, all right, here's the deal, CEO, here's the deal board, like kind of need to listen to me on this one. <laughs> and here's the direction we need to go. And here's why. And so hopefully we're giving you the tools for that on the show. Huge thanks to Alex for coming on the show. You can check out more information, uh, Alta, his brand and creative agency, and all right, that wraps up uh, this episode, Rebrand. Big thanks to Alex Krishman, Creative Director for Alta, for joining us. If you want to hear more about Alex, go to his LinkedIn. I know I just linked in with him a few days ago. And his company website is alta.co, A-L-T-A dot co. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to the rebrandpod.com. We'll have all the summaries and episodes, contact information for guests. Like We'll have all the stuff. So if you need anything, go there. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Or if you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker. It's super easy. We get about 20 a week now. And so make sure the topics are great. And we'd love to have you on. So again, we're, we're looking for just awesome hosts to continue to build value into this community. Of course, you can always find us on social media. We're on everything. I think the easiest thing to do at this point, just type in Scott Harkey. I'm on all this stuff. My Twitter is SharkyAZ. Rebrand's on there as well, but we're building that. We're still fairly new. But if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Again, we're, we're building this marketing community. And uh, if you want just it on your phone and you know where it is, just have it there. Some days we're going to have just sick-ass hosts and you're going to totally relate. And other days they're going to, eh, that was not for me. That's the new world of podcasting. So we're just going to produce five a week and you pick on which ones you want. Maybe one you're like, damn, I, that, that was awesome. That was super relevant. Or other ones are like, eh, I'll wait till next week. But subscribe. So it's right there. We got about 5,000 marketers already subscribed. And we've, we've been around like 45 days. So super proud of the team and what we're building. We're going to try to get better every time we do it. So that's my commitment to you. I do feel like we are getting better. So that, that's a good sign. And we are hearing good things from our audience. All right, that's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.